So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and I. I hope you enjoyed listening to us give our um, kind of mid-season adjacent recap of the NHL season. And uh, we'll see how our calls look in a couple of months, uh, almost at the end of the season at the time of recording. But that was a lot of fun. So now for episode 107 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. So it's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having an awesome time right now. Excited to be recording with you tonight, Eric. It's been a hot minute. We're going to be talking about like something that's been trending and on the like on all our social medias this past couple months. Uh, we're going to be talking about a TV show. And Eric, without further ado, why don't you let the listeners know what that TV show is? Well said. So yeah, for this episode, we're going to be going over the latest HBO smash show. Uh, that's kind of taken, like Matt said, the internet and the world, dare I say, by Storm, which would be The Last of Us, which is a um, an adaptation of what's cited as like the best video game of all time. So right there, you have a high bar to meet in terms of like there's a rabid fan base that you need to appease in doing this correctly. And if there's one thing I know anyways about video game adaptations that most often than more often than, than not, they're pretty bad. So tall task ahead of it to begin with and I think HBO is the perfect um, platform for it a nine episode show and uh, I'm really excited to talk about the show with you Matt just a quick premise for anyone who hasn't seen the show it's um, a post it's an post-apocalyptic show where um, it gets in the title right the last of us a lot of humanity has been annihilated or has become basically they don't say the word zombies but they've essentially become zombies and uh, the rest of us are trying to just survive in this new reality and uh, we meet a lot of interesting characters along the way but we follow two characters Joel played by Pedro Pascal and Ellie played by Bella Ramsey so um I mean I feel like if you're listening to this episode you know what the show is but I just want to give that little summary of uh, what we're dealing with here and uh, before we uh, just get into everything there, Matt, what were your initial thoughts on this show based on expectations and just how you enjoy the show in general? Before I answer that, Eric, quickly, did you have a history with the video game? I did not. I, knew, I didn't even know it was a video game. Did you? And have you played it? So I did know it was a video game. I had never heard of a video game before this show was announced. And even at that, okay. it was announced years ago. And like I paid really no heed to it as I had never heard of the game beforehand and the only thing I knew of it was that it's HBO show Pedro Pascal's in it and they're hyping this up as like okay this is going to be HBO's next big show so that's what I knew about it going into it and I actually did a good job at staying away from trailers so I went in pretty fresh so yeah no I've not played the game and um, I don't really want to either because now like the future seasons are going to be based on the second game and I want to keep that still like going blind basically Okay, so same boat as me. Um, when this show was like when episode one came out of this show, I I swear like the next day I was on social on TikTok actually, I'll be honest, and like kept seeing videos of this show. I'm like, what is this? The whole season went by. Well, I mean, just for the listeners, I, I watched all the episodes in the last four days before recording. And I watched like the season finale the the day after it aired. So like I, I just got everything at the end. I had no interest in watching the show. Eric is the re Eric. You pushed me to watch it for the pod, and I'm so glad you did. My initial thoughts are, I love this show because it was fast paced, had great characters. I was never bored. 
good action, good good human drama about the human condition. I'm going to get into it later. Just initial thoughts. I freaking loved it. How about you? Yeah, same here. Like, I mean, like I said, going into it, I had high expectations just because of how it was being hyped up. And um, Pedro Pascal right now, like, he's the hot actor. Like, he can't really miss. He, he's struck gold in Mando. So just coming off the hype of that show and like the few other movie roles that he's getting, um, I was just excited to see him in another lead role and see how he could do. And um, for me, like he was one of the big standouts of this show, obviously, as one of the only two main characters that we see in every episode, pretty much. Love the show. Like you said, um, the setting itself was really cool. Like I love the production value that only really HBO can give you in this television medium and uh, just like breathtaking scenery. I don't know how much of it with CGI, honestly, but it never really looked bad if ever, honestly, just a lot of lush colors, cool. Like you can't go wrong with a snow setting and um, we don't really see much post-apocalyptic or I don't anyways. I don't, that's not really a genre I seek, but this like the the last show I watched like similar to this I guess would be Walking Dead and initial impression this is miles ahead of Walking Dead and um, I don't foresee this show having the same trajectory as the Walking Dead because Walking Dead started mm-hmm. off pretty solid like the first few seasons were really good but then it got really it went on to like season twenty seven until they finally called it quits but no this <laughs> fantastic much. first season and to open our year off with a show like this like we're pretty blessed to have like a January. It was a January release, which I feel like you don't see too often. They want to keep those big shows for later in the year, but no, this is the bar to reach now for like, what's the next best show? What's going to be the best show of the year. This is starting the conversation. In my opinion. Very well said, Eric. Um, I'm a lover of the post-apocalyptic genre shows and movies. Comparing it to the walking dead was, is really good because I feel like, if walking, if we had went the Walking Dead route, like I feel like every episode would have been stretched into a whole season for The Last of Us. Like I, I, I like the episodic nature of the first season of Last, uh, like meeting different groups every episode and moving along. Like the, the this season, well, in my opinion, I've been, I mean, I watched it all in a couple of days, but like it, it moved along really fast, and I felt like a Walking Dead is just agonizingly slow compared to The Last of Us. Like I said, each episode of The Last of Us would have been a whole Walking Dead season. Um, Spending, yeah. Um, Post-apocalyptic genre. Like, what I love about Last of Us, and actually, I didn't even, no one spoiled it for me, but, like, I didn't know we were thrown 20 years into, like, the apocalypse. We already have, like, things established. We have a fascist dictatorship government, Fedra. We have, like, the rebels. We have raiders, slavers, like they say. uh, All sorts of people. Much more, too. But we'll get into spoilers later. Um, Right away, deep dive into this world eric i'm like so hooked what did you think though that we do start off with like the uh, 2003 events like when the virus actually like contracts and infects everybody what do you think of like the scenes with his daughter and like i mean obviously super emotional like i did not expect that gut punch like 40 minutes 40 minutes into this new show like what did you think of episode one what happens to the daughter So loved seeing like the outbreak of everything and how it all like the world went to shit basically. So obviously knowing that the premise of the show was that we're following Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey who does not play his real daughter in the show. I knew her days and minutes on the screen were numbered. Did I know for sure it was going to be at the end of episode one? No. Was I surprised? No. Like I saw the death coming when 
they were in that situation with the, uh, I think it was like a, an army officer there pointing the gun at them there. I, f- I figured like that was going to be the end of her there. Very sad. And um, like right away you get to feel for Joel with the loss of his daughter and then also being separated from his brother having to... And then with that time jump too, you have no idea the things he's mm-hmm. had to do to survive. So I love how they really introduced us to this world. And again, I don't want to keep comparing to Walking Dead, but we really don't see how everything started in Walking Dead. We're just like Rick ends up getting knocked out and he wakes up in a hospital out of a coma and the world's already went to shit. So that this nice background info was very appreciated on my end. And I did like how they also kept going a few times in the season, not too many times, but back just to show like how they made the decision to bomb certain cities, right? Like to see what I think was the first infected where I forget exactly where it was. It was in a Southern American country where that, um, like the doctor or whatever she was there made that call. Like, yeah, we have to take care of this immediately. And even that wasn't, it was too late by that point, but no loved how they set everything up. And then, like you said, the two different entities like Fedra fireflies, I am. I want to learn more about them to really know which team am I. Am I a Firefly guy? Am I a Fedra guy? I'm not sure. They didn't really give us the chance to choose other than having Ellie be more aligned with Fedra and against the Fireflies, I would say, based on her reaction to like her friend enlisting in the Fireflies. And I also, before I forget, I want to touch on a point you just made about like how an episode of um, Last of Us could have been a season of Walking Dead, 100%. I was actually a little surprised at how the pace of the season went along because I kept waiting for, like, our big bad to appear because in this setting, like, you know, really, like, it's humanity at its worst, basically, at this stage. They're just trying to survive. So the real villains are going to be the other humans we encounter, not the, uh, the, the infected. So the Kansas City plot... That was two episodes. That's two seasons in Walking Dead. Like, 100%. You're not getting rid of the the woman in charge there. I'm terrible with names. But um, she's not getting clapped after two episodes. Um, but it was a great little mini plot. And uh, again, it was constant character development for Bell, um, Ellie and Joel. And um, yeah. I would have liked to see, though, out of some of those episodes, maybe someone add on to their party and like to get a different dynamic with certain other characters. That would have been maybe a a minor complaint that I would have had. It'd be like, give us a few other characters that we can learn to like as well. You're, you're right. It did move fast, but to me, that was like a strength. I was never bored. Um, You brought up Joel, like the, the, we see him in 2003. We see him in 2023. Joel is my favorite character in this show because we show, we see, from episode one to nine, he does a he does a huge transformation, and I loved seeing that bit by bit. You know, you've seen it in under other movies where the character's stoic at the beginning, not really friendly, doesn't like his new companion, but and then grows to like them. But the way The Last of Us did it was just so magical and emotional, and didn't beat you over the head with cliches and stuff like stereotypical crap. Um, this show did a great job of not like. Like, episode three is a good example of a Bill and Frank episode of not, like, beating you over the head with sentimental stuff, but having that sentimental stuff there anyways, just, like, done right, done delicately and beautifully, you know? It was uh, not easy to do, have, like, a homosexual couple and, like, introduce that, but not, like, you know, there were little inferences, like, uh, how Frank figured out that Bill was gay. Like, I loved all the 
the tact and I don't know, just like the delicate way they handle that episode. And episode three, Eric, I don't know about you. I was gutted. I was like, I knew it was an emotional episode, but it, it hit home for me in terms of like very sad. How about you? Yeah, so I, I didn't get to see that episode live and I saw on social media, everyone was like, oh, you're going to be in tears by then. I'm like, all right, what happens in this episode? <laughs> I did not cry watching that episode, but it was definitely emotional for sure. And one of the best episodes of the season by far, honestly, like a, a big deviation from what we had seen in the first two episodes. I quite enjoyed it a lot. Like it was a, like you said, beautiful story and um, like it's a risk, right, of deviating to follow two other characters that we don't know at all and um, like focusing on them. But it was a great way of showing what else happens in the um, apocalypse, like the very human element of like falling for someone. And especially for them, like it was, I think Frank, he um, like obviously had never been with a man and like it was very uncomfortable for him. So to express those feelings and uh, they did a great job, like you said, at that, like the build up to that. And uh, me, I figured out that, he was interested in Bill when he like went into his room while he was in the shower and like just put the mm-hmm. clothes on his bed there, like all that there. But no, they did a great job. Like like you said, not making it overly obvious that there's interest and um, no, really good stuff. And yeah, very sad. And like, I did see that coming though, that they would, it would be like a Romeo and Juliet style, uh, spoiler yeah. alert, double suicide. Um, but no, it was yeah. great. And um, again, it did still tie into the main story of how Joel and Tess did start to build a little network of people to uh, share resources and um, like to get a friendship out of uh, out of them as well. And um, no, they both did a great job. The two actors, Nick Offerman and um, Murray Bartlett, I believe. And I think they, uh, one of them, if not both of them, would deserve a guest, uh, an outstanding guest in a um, series primetime Emmy nomination, I think. So no, that was one of the better episodes. It didn't end up being my favorite one. That would be episode eight for me once we get to that. Yeah. But um, (laughs) no, uh, great episode for sure. And uh, some good humor in that one as well. I did appreciate like when they cut from like, there's a time jump from like, Frank saying Bill could stay with him and then it cuts right away to like yeah. a few years on the line. They're just like F-bombing at each other. It was pretty funny. It's like you do need that stuff in those kind of episodes too. So they uh, definitely hit it out of the park with that one. Yeah, that episode also had like uh, Nick Offerman. I think it's Bill, right? Or is it Frank? Bill? Uh, yeah, it's one of the two. <laughs> I think it's Bill. Um, like he's living his fantasy at the beginning. You know, he wanted um, humanity wiped out. He can go to all the stores, grab all the gasoline he wants, build his little dream vacation you know haven so that was cool that part but then he kind of gets bored and then learned that he has to take care of someone to like make his life meaningful and like all that handled beautifully another thing that was handled beautifully i just want to i don't i don't want to forget the test character Mm. in episode one and two and now we're going full spoilers folks we're just gonna if you haven't seen the show like stop listening and go watch it but like episode one and two have the test character and they don't really tell you is she joel's girlfriend like is she Joel's girlfriend? Are they closer than like, are they in love? Are they just partners? And they don't need to tell us, right, Eric? They don't need to. Yeah, they share a bed, but are they there for convenience or do they have feelings for each other? When Tess does her like sacrificial grenade thing, Joel doesn't really linger on that long. It's like a, it's a br- abrupt goodbye. Like I'm out of here with uh, Ali. Like, what did you think of all that, Eric? 
Yeah, I mean, I do think there were feelings there, like, because whenever she, uh, Ellie would bring up Tess, like, he didn't want to talk about her at all. Like, if it was just some girl he was just hooking up with, I think he would have been like, yeah, she sacrificed herself so we could get away and we had some fun, like, it was great. But I do think there was something a little deeper there as well. Uh, but you're right, though, like, they didn't explicitly say anything. It was open to interpretation as far as how serious it was. And I think it made sense, too, in this world um that like that's just how it is like we don't really put labels like we could be gone any day like why yeah. say like like in um with tommy his brother like oh this is my wife like what <laughs> what's going on here it's a fantasy out in that uh wyoming area but um yeah no i, I loved her character anna torv i know her from fringe the uh, cult classic mm-hmm. show she did a great job. It was always fun seeing her pop up and stuff. She's also in Mindhunter too. Criminally underrated yeah. show. Uh, did a great job. Two episode appearance. Like That was also a disgusting sacrifice at the end there when she's like making out with that cordyceps yeah. at the end there. Um, so, like, but seeing stuff like that was like, that's part of the appeal of the show, right? Like you don't see that in anything else. Like some just nasty, infected um, human interactions and um, obviously uncomfortable. Yeah. But she went out like a G and um, made it so that our characters could live to hopefully not die, but probably will another day. I love Anna Torv too because I never watched Fringe. Maybe, I, maybe future discussion. Maybe, uh, but Mindhunter <laughs> is awesome. Um, yeah, episode. So like, I rewatched episode one and two, and Bill and Frank do get mentioned quite a bit, like more than I thought the first time. So like I like the the explanation, um, like rewatching actually Eric like the first two episodes I caught on to so many things it's crazy so many things Ellie says like she what she says about like her past and what comes back anyways we'll get back to that like episode seven I believe, um, but then like okay so the scene where Joel and Frank uh, Joel and uh, Ellie arrive at Bill and Frank's they find the notes super emotional like note that bill left and then they get the truck and then they start their journey at at that moment like at the end of episode three i was like freaking locked and loaded the two of them they're ready they got supplies where is this show gonna go and episode four and five is with uh, the kansas people i believe right eric um yeah with uh melanie linsky's character i know the actress i forget her character's name she was pretty ruthless though as the leader of these like freedom fighters, I'm guessing that kicked Fedra out of the city. Yeah, Kathleen. Those episodes, Kathleen. Yeah, those episodes remind me of The Walking Dead the most. And I was like, okay, I don't know where this show's going. Luckily, two episodes, very enjoyable, very sad moments too. And we got to see like a super boss clicker like come out of the mm, ground. Yeah. Like, is that foreshadowing? Yeah, foreshadowing for season two. What'd you think of that, like, midsection of the season, yeah. the Kansas City folk? Yeah, like you, I didn't know how long it was going to last, honestly. Like, I, right away, that was episode four where they get there. I 100% thought this is Walking Dead adjacent, where, like like I said earlier in the episode, like, their biggest threat are really the other humans alive in the world, because they're all just fighting to ensure their own survival, and to maintain whatever community, like, at this point, like, all right, we've banded up with this group of people, like, this is my family now and I'm going to kill everyone else who tries to like just walk into where we live. Like it's pretty crazy that n- not as many people are open-minded to have a conversation, but that's because there it's a product of 20 years of just having to fend for yourself and uh, like you, you can't trust anybody, right? Like the worst of humanity prevails in um, that kind of setting. So yeah, no, I thought walking dead vibes big time 
thankfully, like I had a sense of security in that we're only following two characters. Like I felt pretty confident that Ellie and Joel were safe for this part of the storyline later in the season though that kind of went away like I wasn't sure what was going to happen <laughs> with either of them and that was good honestly but I knew for this little plot they're good odds that they're going to be fine um, and I did like 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 you said the and I did see that coming though that, that when they're outnumbered like what was it like 20 to 1 like at least at the end like I knew it was going to be clickers who were going to come through and save the day um, yeah. But no, that was a great episode as well. Episode five, like the culmination of the um, the Kansas City plot. I hated Kathleen, honestly. She was, a, I mean, a hardened uh, leader and you kind of have to be in that situation. Like if you're going to start yeah. an uprising within your city, like you can't be a softie, right? So she did a great job and her, um, like the, the right-hand man, Perry, was also a solid yeah. B villain, got his head yanked off his... His, his shoulders but still uh, was kind of a, a boss in the end but no and I also like the two characters that they were um, that they linked up with Sam yeah. and uh, what was Henry it? Henry yes two great additions and like again nuanced uh, gray character right Henry in that he uh, did what he had to do to get his brother some medicine and um, that's yeah. like the world we live in now like it's um survival of the fittest and i'm gonna do what it takes to uh, make sure that me and my brother make it so i, I love like all those little uh, nuances in the characters that we encountered in kansas city but that being said i would have liked to see henry and sam join our group yeah just to wrap this all up i knew their toast as soon as henry said I'll tell Sam tomorrow morning that we're joining you guys. I'm like, all right, there ain't going to be no tomorrow morning for you guys. Like, why not just tell him now? Why not just say, like, hey, we're joining them. Like, we're good. Or just cut to the next to the next morning. Like, I knew something was going to happen. And um, uh, sure enough, he was bit. Um, again, very sad moments, like, at the end of that episode. I was totally thrown off. I thought Henry and Sam were joining, too. Like, I thought we were going to have them for, like, three, four episodes several things uh kathleen like it shows the you become a wolf or a sheep in times of need like that like the post-apocalyptic time like you're either following someone like kathleen or you become a kathleen you have to to survive and the show does a good job of showing that throughout the different communities communities they meet up to episode four has a really good payoff to like ellie always asking for a gun which i loved like can i have a gun no <laughs> But, like, she does shoot that guy in episode four, I believe, to rescue Joel. That whole fight shootout scene was awesome where he tells her to go hide in the wall and she comes and helps him. And that was so well done. The show, this show excelled at, like, the little gun skirmishes with the uh, human versus humans and just, like, the brutal knife fights and, like, stabbings. Like, this show is, like, unapologetic with all that stuff. Just... The blood, the meat cleavers going in people's necks. That'll be... Say that for episode 8, I believe. Uh, but no, I really liked... Like, that stuff in episode 4 and 5 was great. The... Uh, I like the fact that, like, the humans are the real bad guys. But, like, the clickers, the, the cordyceps are always gonna be, like, in the back of your mind. And they even mention them, like, oh, are they in the ground? Oh, like, you see stuff along the wall. Are they in the subway? Like... It's always a growing, uh, like a, a presence that's there, and you always have to be careful. And it takes priority, as you've seen. Like instead of executing Joel and Ellie and all them, like the turn right away, start fighting the the infected horde. So I like that. Um, 
and we don't linger too long like then we're off to the next step of the journey which is like the journey to wyoming because that's where uh tommy was like the radio sound the radio tower pinged from there so we get like our snowy episodes i believe at that point like getting winter three in. months later maybe yeah what do you think of like the tommy trip to the western town part of the season yeah so the dynamic kind of caught me off guard like i thought there was going to be a bigger emotional uh payoff with joel and tommy honestly like in the reunion that that was probably i don't want to say the first episode where we really got to see like that'd be doing pedro pascal dirty there but showing because he did show emotional um vulnerability in talking to tommy about everything that's been going on Overall, it, it, that moved much quicker than I thought it would, honestly. Like, again, not to harp on this yeah. point, but I thought for sure Tommy, like from the moment that we were reun- reunited with Tommy, I thought he would be a part of our group going forward. I didn't think that Joel and Ellie would stay in this community, though. That didn't really cross my mind, but I thought whenever this would ha- this meetup would happen in the season, I thought Tommy was going to be... I also thought he was going to be more of a corrupt character, honestly, because they're they're building up this reunion as like, oh, like I can't can't wait yeah. to meet up with my brother again. And it's like, yeah, your brother's changed a little bit, Joel. And it wasn't really the case. It was kind of a weird reunion, in my opinion. Not bad by any means, but just not really what I was expecting. And like you said, I feel like I would really benefit from rewatching each of these episodes because nothing at all is said without a reason. And I think that'll be extremely true for the end of this mm. season, not to jump there right away. But I think like that's where we're really going to see like, yeah, make sure you rewatch this season. Remember everything that was said here, but um, no good episode. It was cool to see a community that is actually very functional and uh, come is op- welcoming and uh, come open and uh, take on people with open arms. But um, yeah, like I said, not what I was expecting, but still a solid episode. Um, that's also when it ends off with um, the big cliffhanger, actually, where they they end up yep. going to the hospital, and there are raiders there that they meet up with, and uh, Joel actually takes a little shank to the the midsection and yeah. uh, falls off his horse at the end of the episode. So that was kind of scary. I, I wasn't sure how that was going to end for us. Um, but what are your thoughts on the whole Tommy community and then also leading up to that cliffhanger ending for episode six? I liked how episode six ended, but like the rest was maybe my least favorite part of the season. The Tommy thing completely off guard too. And the girl's like, what was your brother's name or what's your name? And he says like, like obviously Tommy talked about his brother, Joel, but like, and then seeing Tommy right away, completely jarring to me. It was a welcome sight though. I was like, oh, okay, they're going this way now. Seeing an actually like a peaceful town too was refreshing. I just, it was the least like eventful episode until like the end when there's like, cowboy horse riding in the snow action with like guns and that was cool to watch I, I don't know if i've ever seen that like in a movie like horse action and like i don't know it was really cool like in post-apocalyptic especially right so yeah, true. the cliffhanger is cool because episode seven doesn't necessarily give you all the answers right away we go into a long flashback episode which episode three and seven so far are like the the ones to do that maybe there'll be more in season two but like episode seven you're, you you kind of have to wait for your payoff of what how joel's doing um i really liked episode seven i like i first of all i don't think i'm giving ellie enough credit bella ramsey i love ellie's character bella ramsey did is doing an amazing job as her she's like just the right amount of swearing and funniness she's not annoying she just tells the right amount of like pun jokes she's not over the top 
but she's not super quiet. Like she has a personality. I absolutely love that character. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, Eric. Uh, Bella Ramsey killed it. Yeah. So my initial thoughts on her character were like, I wasn't sold from the jump. Like, I think the first two or three episodes, like she's not really in episode three that much. I liked her character. Like I liked what the dynamic was between her and Joel, but wasn't Mm -hmm. like a hundred percent in on her yet. But I think it was as of episode five, like where we got all the emotional stuff and just the connection that she had with Sam. That was maybe the, where it started to shift episode six. I thought she was good. But then seven and eight was just her show, literally. Like episode, yeah. se- episode seven really focused on her, right? It was a full-on flashback Ellie episode, which again, I got to see a few weeks after it aired. Saw on social media that like, this was a very critically panned episode. Like, and by panned, mm. I mean like above, like average episode. But people didn't love yeah. it, so I went in like, all right, what is what are we gonna see here? And this is a sign that you shouldn't necessarily read too much into what you see or read anything, honestly, because I love this episode. I thought it was fantastic. Gave us great mm-hmm. insight on who Ellie is, what she's had to go through in the Fedra camp, and uh, love the dynamic yeah. with her and um, Riley, played by I think Storm Reed is her name, uh, who plays Gia in Euphoria. Um, Zendaya's That's right. Sister, yeah. She's like an up and coming actress. I've seen her pop up in quite a few things recently. Um, loved their dynamic too. Right away, cued in on Ellie liked her. Ellie liked Riley, and I wasn't sure which way they were gonna go because there's that long build up the whole episode where they're just drinking a little more, <laughs> and they're starting like she's Riley's doing all these nice things for her in the mall, and uh, you know she's gonna either say how she feels or like make a move, and I honestly thought. That it was going to go the other way around where Riley was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Like, like we're just having fun as friends. Like, I did not see that coming. That yeah. It was the feelings were reciprocated. I thought she would be like, yeah, I just see you as a friend. But all that to say, fantastic. It was a great episode. Like, I thought it was just a cool switch up of the scenery too. like all the lights in the mall. And of course, like as soon as they pan away slowly of them, like in the arcades and they're just showing other areas of the mall, I'm like, fuck, like there's a... There's a clicker yeah. in here and you know, who's, we know who's not dying and we know who's probably dying. So, yeah. um, but no, I thought it was a great episode and all that to say, Ellie only got better as the season went along. That's awesome. It's true. She did. She did grow on me. Like I liked her even more as the episodes went along. I liked her from the beginning, but like she did progress even higher in my, uh, how, how much I liked her. I loved it in the, the mall episode, episode seven, like how, all the old technology they're like oh what that like they're so she's so fascinated by the escalator the photo booth all that stuff the arcade i just like seeing stuff like that it's nostalgic had many stranger thing vibes you know like mall teenagers in a mall and just chewing the shit shits and giggles basically unfortunately like you said super like downbeat ending to that episode super sad and you knew it was gonna happen because ellie's alluded to like tragedy in her life before to Joel, right? You know, I've lost people too. And I've had to like, you know, she's had to do things. We don't even know her whole journey actually. Uh, And like her getting bullied in the Fedra thing. Like you you can, you, we got more of like Ellie's arc and why she's the way she is. So it was really good for character development. Since I binged all the episodes, I didn't really care if this was like an episode that didn't move along this, move the story along. I just, I could watch the next episode right away. Which might brings an interesting point. Should we be watching these once a week or waiting? But if you wait, you're not in the know and people are going to talk about it at work. So both sides of the coins right there uh, of the coin. Um, Now we finally like, you know, episode eight is where it is my favorite episode too, Eric. 
that's when you find out what's going on, you know, at the end of episode six. Episode eight, most brutal episode, emotionally impactful episode, violent, gory, badass, right, Eric? There's no is that the perfect word for episode eight? Like just badass and ruthless? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And uh, <laughs> it starts off like um, Joel is still in bed, like he's wounded, and Ellie yeah. has to go out to get food for them. She goes on the hunt, and then, well, actually, yeah. the episode starts off in this other community where we get this creepy preacher speaking to this uh, community, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, um, is this gonna be someone we come to interact with soon, and like, is gonna be a shepherd of goodwill for our two characters? Or is this, again, are we going to... I th- honestly thought after... I think it's a cold open. Then we get the credit crawl. And then we're still with that community. I'm like, all right, are we actually just going to see this? Ca- this is going to be a new character. Like, it's going to be like another standalone yeah. episode. Like, that crossed my mind. Knowing that we had seen at least one of those kind of episodes. And then we had the flashback one before. Thankfully, it wasn't the case. We get to see Ellie and Joel pretty quickly after that. That was a great episode when they meet up in the woods after Ellie's shot down that deer and kind of negotiates with them to go get medicine for Joel. And they're at a standoff like in front of the fire. And just the slow build of that whole conversation just had me on the edge of my seat. When he finally reveals like we sent four men out the other day, I'm like, oh my God, like those are the four men. Like it didn't click right away, but as he kept talking and he's like, yeah, three, like uh, by that point it was pretty obvious. Like, yeah, three of them came back. Uh, one of them was killed by a crazy person and he was traveling with a girl. I'm like, oh my God, that was why I didn't really see it coming. Honestly, when he started talking, but then it's going yeah. that way. Great. And then of course the other guy was like around the corner with a gun to Ellie's head. And uh, just this yeah. whole big build up to like an eventual confrontation between David, the preacher and his flock um, was just awesome. And then he, when he goes back to his communion, like pimp, I don't want to say pimp slaps, it just slaps the girl who says that, <laughs> that um, they should kill Ellie and Joel. Um, no, he was a ruthless character in his own right, like really different. And, um, I liked what he brought to the table. And again, I thought like, all right, is this guy going to be our next bad guy to close the season out? But, um, Ellie had different plans, but no, I was hooked the whole time. Action packed, badass. Like you, I think this is the first time we get to see like Joel's true ruthlessness mm-hmm. of like when he yeah. just goes uh, man to man with all the guys who are still in that the area where he's hiding at and he tapes mm-hmm. two of them up and knifes the one guy in the kneecap <sighs> and after that guy gives him the information he needs he still killed him and the other guy yeah. said like why'd you do that and i was kind of on his side I'm like yeah why did you do that joel crazy psycho <laughs> but uh, no insane episode i'll pass it on to you now for your thoughts on all that violence and like where it went with ellie like just insane ending. Yeah, he kills the guy and the other guy, why'd you do that? He's like, well, I believed him, so he didn't need this guy. And he just shoots him. That was one of the best lines. I believed him. Because <laughs> he was supposed to show him on the map. It was his turn to point with the knife. Um, yeah. Okay, that whole episode, uh, it's Ellie's turn to finally like save Joel, like repay Joel for all the times he saved her. It's like her turn to like to do something for him, which she does. She nurses, she gets the stuff, but like then she's in trouble uh joel's ruthlessness i loved it i love too that like 
they showed us this, you know, because it sets up what's going to happen in epi- in the in the finale in episode nine. So like it doesn't come out of left field. Um, just L- okay. The best David, the Ellie and David scene in the jail cell, where she's like, there's a point where she like almost she hooks him. She's like reeling him in. She's like, she she's got him. She's she's getting him to believe her stuff, and then she gets him, grabs his hand, breaks his finger. Freaking love that stuff. The whole that whole scene was perfect. Um, and then how like f- like David like turns like on a dime and he's like. You know, tear. There's a reason why we say tear you to pieces, or he says like a tear you to pieces line. Anyways, it's pretty like, it's pretty uh, on a uh, savage. Um, David is someone that's like, in his mind, he's not doing anything wrong. You know, the end justify the means. He's he thinks he's righteous. He's he has to do this to say he's doing it for the greater good. You know, to save the community. Nothing he's doing is wrong. Cannibalism is fine. I love that the show went there with like an eater community. I call them, I guess, like cannibals. You know that just would ha- that would happen in real life if this if there's an apocalypse. Uh, apocalypse, just people are savages. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I love just the ruthless. I like horror movies, and this was like the closest thing to just like brutal like interrogations and like Ellie meat cleavering people in their throats. <sighs> like Ellie's. For a small little 14-year-old, like, she was pretty freaking badass, like, physically, and perfect episode. Like, I I, I I hardly can find anything wrong with this one. It's probably, hopefully, it's the highest rated episode. I know a lot of them were, but, I mean, the show itself is rarely highly rated. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, great episode. You already said it's your favorite. It's my favorite, too. It leads into, like, episode 9, I think, the finale, getting into the finale, Eric. Well, I just want to add on to that episode still. Just, like, the, um, David, and like you said, David and Ellie in the jail is, like, some of the peak moments. I think David and Ellie scene yeah. were, like, peak moments of that episode to begin with. And there was kind of, like, a, I don't know if, like, rapey vibe is the best way to word this, but, like, a very creepy vibe yeah. when, like, he put his hand over hers and like insinuating like oh we could rule this place together and like man you're like 40 years older than this goes wild and that's why i was like setting this guy up as being like a a terrifying villain and even when they're fighting in the end he even says something along the lines of like oh like you don't know this about me but my favorite part is when they struggle like hinting that like he's like maybe they raped kids. Again, it's just wild, just yeah, insane yeah. stuff yeah. with this character. And thankfully we don't see too much of him after that. She, um, like just meat cleavers him. She like butchers him. Basically she gets on top of him and just like keeps like, that was yeah. like, I was like, again, jaw on the floor for that scene. when she just kept <laughs> going and just, that was like, I think she also, I'm just going to throw out award season left and right out here. She deserves a, at the very least a nomination for this. I would say for this episode, that's what I would give her. Yeah. And again, when she was on the table and they're about to like cut off her arm or something, part of her to kill her. Like, I didn't know if she was going to make it or not, but there was still that whole, like that she's immune storyline that wasn't resolved yet. So it would have been really a, a disservice to kill her like that. And another thing yeah. that you'd probably pick up like rewatching it when um, that community is like making food, they're cooking some food for their dinner. And one of the like, people in the kitchen asks like, oh, what is that? Like, what meat is that? And then the guy goes like, uh, it's a uh, venison. Well, yeah, we find out like 20 minutes later, it's, oh. it probably wasn't venison is all I'm going to say. <laughs> so like they did a good job at like not beating you over the head with like, like the guy being like, uh, like really hesitating. Like I'm, I'm probably exaggerated how much he hesitated there, but it's just, 
how they went about giving us information the whole season was just perfectly not spoon-fed like that human stew that they're eating in like a few minutes after in that show. But that's pretty much it for my cannibal recap. It was like the fresh <laughs> version of this episode. But like uh, you said, like we'd for sure see cannibalism in the the apocalypse. Um, at the, in the dark days of COVID, like who knows what we could have become and thankfully it didn't, <laughs> it didn't go down that way. But uh, yeah, so That's no, uh, the favorite um, episode, I think it is, like I said, highest rated episode and rightfully so in my opinion. Yeah, like when, when like Joel, like they reunite with, when he reunites with Ellie and she's all shooken up, it's like, yeah, it's me. Like that was such a tender moment and like they're back together. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Episode that. nine opens up. Everything's a little slower like we get a moment in the sun, literally, and with the giraffe, really cool. You know, it's not going to be a, a whole happy episode. You know, episode nine is not going to be a filler episode. So like, you're waiting for something to happen, and like, we get the whole Marlene's back, basically. The fireflies, they get taken in, and the moment, okay, this moment in the episode in the in the finale, like, really shook me. Like, really, like, gave me goosebumps. Marlene's talking to Joel. He's like in the in one of the operation no in one of like the waiting rooms or something on a bed and she's like yeah we're gonna operate on her and she we're gonna take where the cordyceps out and everything's gonna be fine like and then like joel's just like well the cordyceps infects the brain and then like there's a there's like a shot of him like looking at the two armed guards and realizing like yeah like you're being held here you're not going anywhere joel and ellie's not gonna make it and it was at that moment i was like holy shit what's gonna happen joel you gotta get her out of there that that scene, the Marlene like telling him what was gonna happen and him like looking at the armed guards, I was like, Holy shit, this is so well done. Did you have the same feeling, Eric? Did you like what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean like you kinda know what's uh, about to go down basically. It's like all right, Ellie and to, just to bring it back a little more, like Ellie basically said earlier in the episode, like that she is here for a reason and that like, if that means I don't know if she explicitly says this, but I'm she implies that like she has to do what is meant for her and what could be meant for her is like to literally sacrifice herself so they can make a cure, which is what Marlene says. Like, yeah, she's a, a way out for all of us. And um, she, I think she also says like she would want to do this. She says that later actually in the episode. And then okay. Joel's fatherhood instincts kick in when he's being escorted out and just goes on a friggin' <laughs> rampage of like, we're not even going to show you any struggles with this guy like the the montage of him just cutting down those fireflies was just elite and like terrifying in a sense like this guy will do whatever it takes to protect his and save his daughter and it was badass like i was all for it i was loving it and guns down the dock too i'm glad he spared the nurses but uh yeah it was um insane and it's a very short episode too. Like really, there's not much else that yeah. happens other than what you just said and what I just said. But very powerful episode. And like I said, it's going to be one that we look back at because it ends on that, not really a cliffhanger, but like um, we're headed in this direction now. I believe what you told me happened. We all know that's not what mm. happened. So that's going to come back at some point. And also just to bring it back even more earlier in the episode, loved the moment between Ellie and Joel where she said, oh, how'd you get over Sarah? And like, he finally actually starts talking about his daughter, yeah. Sarah. And she says like, well, time heals all wounds. And he says, it wasn't time that, that did it. 
And like, it's just understood yeah. that it was her who did it. Ellie, right? What a moment. Amazing acting on both parts. Like, give Pedro Pascal an award for this too. He killed it. Like, yeah. in this episode especially. I was a big fan of his. No, no. Dynamite episode. Like, I saw I got some flack online, honestly. I don't know why. Like, it, maybe people wanted more, like, cordyceps or infected. But I think this does a good job at propelling us forward but I actually don't know where it's going to go though now. Like basically now it's still them against the world situation. He's going to just keep wanting to protect her. But no, just to bring it back to what you said, when he's being held in that room, I'm surprised they let him out to begin with, honestly. They, they know who they're dealing yeah, with here. me too. That's a rookie move. But as soon as they're walking <laughs> down the stairs, I'm like, all right, he's going to find a way to to take them out and just go up. And they, yeah. it was just sick. What did you think of that whole montage of just racking up bodies? absolutely unreal it's it's those moments in shows or movies where time just disappears for me and i'm not looking at anything else i'm like focused on the screen 10 minutes could go by it can feel like a minute yeah i got I, I got into the zone basically happens when i'm watching like a fantastic movie or show where i'm so glued to what's happening and comp- it's so compelling so like when a show does that it's fa- it's fantastic Love the parking garage scene too, like with Mar, like the last interaction with Marlene and uh, Joel. Great stuff too. Um, I believe like he had his gun like under Ellie, like yeah. he's carrying Ellie, <laughs> and he like shoots her from underneath. That was coy. That was awesome. No, fantastic episode. That was a tender moment, Eric, when he's like, "It wasn't time." That was very emotional too. Maybe more emotional than the Bill and Frank episode, because at the end of the day, we're with Joel and Ellie a lot more, right? So like, we get to know them more. I'm so excited for like what's to come. I don't, I don't even know if Ellie bought everything Joel told her about like the, tr- you know, like she asked him twice, but I don't know. It's definitely coming back as it should. Um, do you think season two, are we getting into like, are, are we going to have big time jumps? Are we going to, I don't know what's in store. Basically. I'm not reading into it. People that are maybe mad at like the giving flack for episode nine, maybe they, Oh, the video game did this. This should have ended like the video game. I have no idea how the video game ended, so I could care less uh, if that's the critiques of this show. Um, super excited for the future. Do we want to get into what we wish to see, or do you want to add more to episode nine, Eric? Uh, no, like the only thing I would add would be like Joel just went full Cad Bane in the end and just like wiping the floor, <laughs> like just cold blooded assassin at the end, like especially with Marlene. Yeah. Like I love also they shot that of like jumping forward of them just in the car and then Ellie asking, "Oh, what happened?" And then you just get those slow cuts like Marlene like crawling yeah. on the floor. Joel literally had like. D- not an ounce of light in his eyes, like just black beaded eyes and just headshot at her. It was insane. It was actually like you. I was just like a moment out of time, basically just like you're sucked into what's happening and uh, definitely no phone for those 45 minutes. I love the episode and the critique is actually not from video game fans because apparently the whole season has been extremely faithful to the game and only made minor deviations. So uh, the video oh, game nice. fans, the community has been appeased. I think it's more people, like I said, who wanted more of like a Walking Dead-esque finale where you get like a big showdown with zombies or something there. But the, um, I think we're going to see, if we're getting into next season, we're going to see a lot more infected in season two. I would like to see more of them anyways. Like you said, we had that tease in the fifth episode of like 
that big boy. It looked like he had an entire coral, yeah. a great barrier reef coming out of his head. And I think we're going to see more of the, more of those guys in seasons two and three. So I'm yeah. excited to see what the future holds. I don't like I like you. I like the episodic feel of like mini stories wrapping up Mandalorian season one style. But there was also like a linear plot at the same time. I want to see another yeah. linear plot, and I don't like it's not gonna be looking for a cure now because he essentially told it like yeah there's we don't need to look for a cure it's already been it's already being handled by smarter people than us so I actually have no idea where they're gonna go but um I wonder if they're gonna go back to Tommy like that's that was mentioned in the last episode too where he was like hey like we don't need to do this like we can go back to a safe haven and uh, just camp up there but I think at some point. Uh, the disaster that they've known to just accept as normal is going to kick in and that's going to be just infected being the real problem because in this season it was really like humans were the problem i think next season we're going to see cordyceps the the rise of the fungi are going to be they're going to be on them what do you think what do you think we're going to see you said a lot of great stuff there i agree we don't need to dwell on ellie's like immune immunity they kind of showed that a little with the mom giving birth and the umbilical cord was still attached. So, like, obviously she passed some sort of immunity to her daughter somehow. Yeah. That's what I think. But we don't need to dwell into that for season two. Um, it would be cool if they focused on the uh, the cordyceps because they kind of foreshadow, like, okay, Joel says some live one to two years, some live, like, have been around since the beginning. That could be the huge guy, right? Like, he's he might actually have intelligence. Who knows? Right. Um, That'd be cool if they made that the danger. I'm anticipating something like Joel and Ellie solo, like them as a duo going on the road and like encountering their own problems or them joining a community, maybe like Tommy's. And then like they have to overcome the hardship as a group. I could see one of those two routes, but definitely like focus more on the infected people. It'd be, it'd be much cooler. Like it'd be, we don't need to see more walking dead stuff. You've shown us you could do it really well, but like show us some like carnage with the infected, because um, the infected like uh, stylistically like the design of them, Eric, super cool and creepy and disgusting, and really gross. <laughs> yeah. um, my girlfriend hates mushrooms. She'll never watch this show for this reason. Like I told her it was like a fungal infection, and she's like, ugh, disgusting. Hopefully we don't have to wait long for season two. Uh, I'm not. I mean, there's gonna be other great things to watch in the meantime. Yeah. Pedro is on an unbelievable run right now, starting with like Game of Thrones season four Narcos back like 10 years ago. And like he keeps going, he keeps going. Super likable guy. I'm glad he's finally like a household name. I don't know what else to say. It's a fantastic show. Everyone needs to watch it. I got my mom in, like, I rewatched a couple episodes with my mom and she's going to watch the whole thing now. Um, I'm like preaching to the masses, like, watch this show. It's really, really good. Hopefully not preaching like David, which I know that's not the case. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, great show. And like you said, nothing more really to say. I think Joel, Joel was the standout. I loved Ellie as well. Like I love their dynamic. Like those are the big three. Like the two of them were the big three. And um, yeah, I feel like also just to add again for the future, like I've already said a couple of times, I think we're going to see major repercussions from those lies. And that could also be a plot point down the road of like a split up between the two of them, sadly. Um, I uh, Again, just to make my stance on this, I don't want to see a... If we see a time jump, 
no recasting. Like you cannot recast Bella Ramsey. Like if they have to learn one no. thing from House of the Dragon is that people loved young <laughs> Rhaenyra. And they didn't dislike the older one, but she was one of the, the fan favorites. So you don't want to lose that again, HBO. Like check the game notes. Yeah. And um I I feel like this is gonna be a two year wait, honestly. Like because they got House of the Dragon next year. I feel like the production for this show is very large scale. Um, wouldn't be surprised if, or maybe, who knows, maybe it'll be a late 2024. You never know. But I just, I'm, I'm anticipating a little two year wait here. But like you said, we're going to be flooded with a bunch of other content for us to also recap. So fear not people. Um, yeah, that's all I had honestly on the show. I was going to like, maybe com- we already did some comparison to walking dead and stuff. And, uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about walking dead anymore. And like, I, I started the app. Ep- I started this episode by saying like i wasn't really necessarily gonna watch the show right away you're the reason why i watched it so fast to do the pod but like it's because i've seen so many post-apocalyptic movies and zombie movies and zombie show or like post-apocalyptic shows and like i'm like okay the last of us is just another one of those i'm not i don't I'm no rush to see it but what made what what separates the show above the other ones in my opinion is just the level of acting and character development with our two main characters, Joel and Ellie. That's what made the show so great. That's why I kept watching it. That's why it was so easy for me to binge like almost nine hours of television super fat. Like it was very easy for me to watch. It was very enjoyable because of that reason. Just the great character development, the acting. That's what separates the show above all these zombie and infected movies and TV shows. Yeah, well said. And you are lucky that you did get to binge it. I I watched it in like syndication, so every Sunday for the most part. I love that too, though. Like uh, it's fun to have that once a week build up to cap off your weekend show. And uh, like you talk about, a lot of people, at, uh, a lot of my friends at work watched it, so we talked about it like the next few days, like oh, what we thought, what we want to see happen. So I love that discourse yeah. as well. Um, and uh, thankfully, HBO is wasting no time giving us Succession season four next Sunday. Can't wait for that. So, uh, yeah, no, HBO is just on a roll, and uh, they have been since the 90s, and they ain't stopping anytime soon. So love to see it. It's true. I mean, I'm good to dive into some recommendations if you have anything. Sure. I've been watching lately, like, for the first time ever, honestly. It's my, uh, in anticipation of going to see Creed 3 in theaters, which I still haven't. But uh, I've been watching all the Rocky movies. I've actually, I thought I had seen these movies. Like, I never had seen Rocky 1 in full, which is crazy. Yeah, so I'm up to the fourth one now. Really enjoying them. Like, if you take them for what they are, like, they're not going to win Academy Awards. Maybe some of them have. I have no idea. Very fun movie to watch. movies to watch. Uplifting. Like, you get your rags to riches. Um, American Dream. One in a million story. And uh, they're just hype movies, too. Like, they get you fired up. Especially, like, I just watched the Creed movies, too. But I would say go back and watch. So, I'm just going to loop all these movies together. Watch them all. They're just hype movies. And I feel like the Creed movies don't get talked about that much. I've heard the third one is good. So, I'm excited to see that. Nice. The Rocky movies are really fun. The what separates them from the Creed movies, in my opinion, is the slew of supporting characters are really strong, which Creed kind of lacks. You only really have Adonis Creed, Bianca, and Rocky. Those are your big three right there. Whereas in Rocky, you have like Rocky, Apollo, 
Paulie, Mickey, Adrian. Like, that's five right there. And you get a couple of yeah. others who come in every now and then as well. There's Tony, yeah. who's like the mobster that Rocky works for in the first movie. And then just like, yeah, yeah. Mr. T is Clubber Lang, great villain. Ivan Drago. <laughs> Um, no, I've, I've been really enjoying watching these movies. So they're all on Crave. If you, anyone has Crave, like I would definitely recommend throwing them on. Easy watch and just fun, fun times. I enjoy every Rocky movie is good except number five in my opinion. Yeah, I really heard. even six. I, Rocky Balboa, I really like too. Number six, all of them except the fifth one, I really like. First one's a masterpiece. I won Best Picture in 1976 because it's more than just a boxing movie. It's like a story about like a kind of like a loser and a character study on this individual. He doesn't know what to do. Boxing's his avenue out of there. I like that he doesn't win at the end of Rocky 1. Like it's more realistic. Spoiler. And then Rocky 2 is like the big rematch, which I love. Um, Rocky 3 freaking the high and then the low and then the high again at the end you know like you got to rebuild yourself number four is just a perfect american like cheese you know america versus russia i don't you finished number four eric no not yet i actually so i've stopped okay. at probably like one of I'll the worst stop. moments to stop at the iconic drago yeah. i mean everyone knows what happens with drago and apollo but yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, like the iconic line that no, he says it's... is the last thing that i've seen yeah yeah oh you stopped there nice yeah i mean i was tired i just got to shut her down <laughs> that's fine but you know me, I like That's to awesome. break no, movies up and it. watch them in two, three, four, five sittings sometimes. Oh, I do that all the, I have to do that. I don't have time. That's why shows are a little easier for me to watch. No, that's awesome, Eric. I watched a movie that you recommended like at least twice on this show. Because I know you've watched it a couple times and it, it made your end of the year list. I watched Devotion. Okay, nice. Freaking loved it. Loved it. The scenes that really like marked me, like that really like, that I really remember, like, wow, this is a masterpiece. This is freaking uh, drawing a blank on his name. Jonathan Majors, God. Glenn Powell. Jonathan Majors, thank you. Um, when he's talking to himself in the mirror and recollecting, like, all the bullying and abuse he's taken just to, like, get him hyped up. Like, that that came out of left field for me. And I'm like, holy shit, this movie is fucking, like, that's an amazing performance. Yeah. Amazing great aerial scenes like in the in the planes didn't really know how it was going to end and then kind of saw like what was happening and i was like crushed eric i was crushed i didn't i didn't expect that to happen very sad very uplifting though in terms of like the camaraderie and like brothers like you know like milit you know brothers in arms and you've already talked about it eric it's a good movie i concur with your recommendation and like this needs to be seen devotion really 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 solid movie from last year good pick for your list yeah man no i was emotional watching that movie like the end was just yeah wild. it was a wild ride of a movie for sure yeah i definitely recommend as well obviously yeah. it's my number five of last year who could forget um <laughs> great stuff the um, next thing I'll recommend is actually an album, which we're getting back into the rap game, which honestly, so far this year, it's been a pretty uh, dry year in terms of great yeah. rap releases. Like, I actually have nothing that uh, I can pencil in confidently in a top 10 spot. So I'm waiting for stuff to come out. I don't know what will at this point. But the one that's been closest to, and like I'm obviously, I've only listened to this once, but really did enjoy it. And it caught me off guard because I was a, a vocal hater of this guy back in the day, would be the album called Ben by Macklemore. Really good ben, stuff. It was okay. a very good album, like very introspective, emotional. Like Macklemore 
has had a lot of hits on the radio and a lot of them have dabbled with these heavier topics of like substance abuse and like just finding his place in the world being different. He does does a really good job over this in this album as well on his own and there's just something about like some of the songs that resonated with me and um I thought it was like very powerful stuff and an enjoyable listen. So I would recommend Ben by Macklemore. Like I said, it's the closest one that I would, uh, if I listen to this enough times and like it holds up, could be a top 10 release. Obviously, I don't want to overhype it like that there. Yeah. It was really solid album. Um, I'm glad you mentioned uh, an album because I'm like, I'm running out of stuff to listen to, Eric. I've been listening to old stuff now. Uh, but I wrote it down. I'm going to listen to it. So thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been very dry to say the least. You probably listen to more albums than I have, but I have like nothing to recommend for music. Uh, TV, just been watching Mandalorian and my Vikings Valhalla. Mandalorian, I don't have to say anything. Like We're going to be doing a whole show on that. Movies, though, I have a couple more movies I wanted to talk about. M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Knock at the Cabin. Was excited for this because it's actually based on a novel. So like Shyamalan did not write. It's not from his brain, you know? as like most of his movies are his original idea, but uh, Knock at the Cabin, really cool. And then the world apocalyptic type movie, actually. And that's not really a spoiler. They get into that early, but it's, it's almost a movie of like mental illness versus reality. I don't, anyways, it's a home invasion horror film. Actually, one of the actors one of the dads in the movie is played by the guy in Mindhunter, the 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 younger uh, FBI agent, okay, not like yeah, the yeah. big guy, but the other guy. Or, Holden yeah, he's Ford, really good. I want to say is his name. What a pull if that's his name. He he, yeah, I I, I mean I'll check it after. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, check it out. He's in it, but the the home invaders. You got Dave Bautista, Rupert Grint, Ron Weasley in a movie, and two other girls that I'm not I don't know them. Uh, really different home invasion movie. The whole movie takes place in like the living room. It's almost like a play. It's all dialogue, super mysterious. They basically invade the the, um, the home of this couple. The two there's the two dads and their adoptive daughter, and like they're basically like we have to come here. There's something we need to do. If we don't do it, the world's gonna end. Mm. And they established that pretty early in the movie, so it's not really a spoiler. But basically, they have to do something, and if they don't do it, the whole world's going to end. These four people have seen visions of it happening, and they all saw this, like, they had to, it was this couple that had to do this thing, or the world's going to end. So that's the whole premise. What do you do? What do you do in that scenario? Um, that's all I'm going to say on the premise. I, for I really like the movie. Got a lot of hate because it was maybe far-fetched and ridiculous. I enjoyed the movie. I recommend it because it's it's original. It's not something you see every day. Dave Bautista is actually really good in the movie. He's like soft-spoken, quiet. He's super like not what you're used to seeing him. You know, he's not funny at all. Um, the movie to me was not boring at all. It was very, I don't know, stimulating and kept me guessing the whole time. So knock at the cabin. If you like M. Night Shyamalan's movies, you will like this one. Um, so yeah, that's my next, that's the next movie I wanted to talk about. So 
I have heard of this movie. I'd seen trailers and like they established that pretty, like it's clear in the trailer that that's what the okay. premise of the movie is. So I don't think that's a spoiler at all. Um, it was Holden Ford, by the way. It was able to somehow pull that name. Uh, Jonathan Groff <laughs> nice. is the actor's name. And um, Dave Baptista. So I'm glad to hear you say that he was solid in the movie because I was going to ask, like, is there Dave Baptista fatigue? Like, are we seeing him in too much? He gave a pretty yeah. muted performance in the iconic Army of the Dead Zack Snyder classic. Who could forget? But I feel like we're just see- <laughs> we're just seeing too much of him, honestly. And um, I'm glad to hear, though, that his performance here was a little different than what we've seen of him in the past. But um, is there a chance for uh, Dave Bautista to become like oversaturated for us? Quavo in 2017-18 style. A hundred percent. Because at the end of the day, he's just like another Dwayne Johnson or John Cena. Like he's just, well, whether he's super talented or not, he'll be looked at as a wrestler that broke into the acting industry. So like, uh, and he's limited by his roles just because of his size and strength. And like, he can only do so much. Right. So I think he'd have to do it all he'd have to do all dabble in all these genres to like break that mold of like the Dwayne Johnson Dwayne, like the rock is comfortable doing those roles and being the rock in every movie. But I think Dave can like, can potentially break out of that and do different roles. Like blade runner, 2049, super small role, completely different for him. You can't see the rock or John Cena in that role, but Dave Batista has a more unique look. He's not like super, he's more versatile, I think. So I, I, I think there's potential for him to not be like Dave Batista fatigue. He can he can still do movies every year, and we won't. We, he'll he just has to pick his roles and uh, not do the same stereotypical role over and over again. Okay. Um, but no, good question, Eric. Well, I just had one. Like I haven't like like I said, my movies have been Rocky and uh, also watching Mandalorian. Gonna right. save thoughts on that for now. I'll go another album, honestly, because I was just going through everything that I've okay. downloaded this year, and I did forget about this one, which. Also, like, top 10 contender. We'll see if it lands there at the end of the year. It's um, dropped in January, so that's why I forgot about it. Um, Let's Start Here by Lil Yachty. I don't know if you got a chance to check this out, Matt. So Lil Yachty is someone that I've never, again, in a Macklemore way, never been a fan of this guy at all. He's a big big auto-tune rapper. He came up at the same time as, like, the Migos and... um, I just was never a fan of his rap, like his voice was just off-putting. But this album, he described as like the album I've always wanted to make. So, you know, there's a little more creative freedom maybe being allowed by the label and like him really pushing for what he wants to do. And like, it was a very surprising album and I really enjoyed it. It's kind of, it's even labeled as like an alternative album. I'm still going to count it as a rap album, honestly, if it ends up on the list at the end of the year there. But Really enjoyed it. Reminiscent of like um, Igor by Tyler, the creator. Like it's those kind of vibes. If you've ever heard that album, it's very different. Yeah. It's not like a standard rap album at all, but I love that vibe. So for me, it really worked. It's um, a lot of like experimental and like um, hazy psychedelic rock kind of. And uh, I I enjoyed it a lot. Like I've, I've listened to it quite a bit. Actually, I just forgot about it, but just scrolled down a bit and I got to it. So let's start here. Little Yachty. It's a weird album cover too. It's not one you forget, but somehow I did, but no good album would recommend. Sweet. I'm going to listen to that as well. 
I think I saw just that name, Little Yachty, enough to like dismiss it completely. Like I don't even know who he is, but I know he's probably one of those younger rappers that's no. auto tune, like you said, or mumble rap or whatever. So, no, that's good, Eric. I would have never have checked it out if it weren't for you uh, talking about it. Uh, awesome. Is it like any Mac Miller vibes? Mm, I mean, I think it's been compared because like he's going in the same route as Mac Miller, who rebranded from being like kind of like a college rapper of like frat music to like yeah. really different. So in that sense, I could see that. But me, like when I listened to it right away, I thought like, okay, this is like Igor by Tyler, and it Igor. was also then compared to that album. But there were comparisons to Mac Miller as well. But okay. Uh, like I, I struggle to think of an album of Max that actually has like this exact kind of vibe, but uh, clearly there is a bit of a comparison to make there. And I guess this is a good exercise too to, and not that you're gonna, and um, I mean you by you I mean all of us gonna listen to everyone who puts out music, but it's a good lesson to like maybe not dismiss artists who like we look at as like oh auto tune mumble rapper, which is exactly what I did until I saw people said this was a good album. I, I didn't want to check it out, but be a little open-minded on names that we would maybe initially dismiss and then actually give a chance and come to find yeah. out it might be one of your favorite releases of the year. You never know. Right. So, um, yeah, anyways, just interesting. And, uh, it's fun to see anyways, growth in certain artists and like the ability to change your perception on people and things and interests. So it's cool. I, I liked it a lot. I like that. You just said that Eric, because I, I prejudged hard and I don't know why I do that because like, if we think of actors like a Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt were labeled as like pretty boy romance guys in, in the nineties, like who knew they were going to grow up to be these badasses, these Titans, these legends that they are now. Right. So yep. everyone has a start somewhere, right. Be it music acting. Don't judge like someone's first few albums or great comparison. Very well said, Eric. I like that you said that. Um, the last movie I watched is a movie in which the main actor, fellow Canadian, won the Best Actor in a Leading Role Oscar. He won the Oscar uh, two, three days ago for his performance, and it's The Whale with Brendan Fraser. Um, I had to check this out before the Oscars because I just had a feeling he would win, and he did. Very hard movie to watch in terms of it's very, like, it's all in... Conf- it's a contained movie. It all takes place in one location. Could have also been a play, you know? Right. Brennan Fraser is absolutely phenomenal, but it's very sad to watch someone like that live his life and have these... The movie's intense conversations, intense arguments, verbal, like, people saying disgusting things to each other. It's it's very, like, vile that way. A lot of cool side characters. Though the, the supporting characters are also amazing, you know? Uh, Sadie Sink, who plays Max in uh, Stranger Things. Right. She's great in it. She's his daughter. You got his nurse, uh, which she was actually nominated for an Oscar to supporting role. Uh, she's like a Vietnamese actress, I think, or, or Chinese. Anyways, um, and then you got like the, his ex, and you got this the young boy from Iron Man 3 and Jurassic World, okay. who's now grown up. Ty Simpkins or whatever his name is. He's in it. I didn't even recognize him, but he's really great in it. So, Brendan Fraser's surrounded by like acting talent and he's he bounces off them perfectly and i don't think the movie would have been as good honestly if it wasn't for these supporting characters that are so awesome and like such these young these actresses were so good but uh 
Very sad movie. Enjoyed it. Do I enjoy it? I guess I like. I enjoyed watching the art of film and watching like a really well made movie. But did I enjoy myself watching this sad and depressing movie? I don't know. Like I don't know if I ever need to watch The Whale ever again. But it needs to be seen that one time, Eric, because it's so powerful. Um, but then again, that's the debate. Like, do, are you interested in movies like that that are like a downer that like, can ruin your day almost? tough call i just wanted to see like an actor do his craft and like i had a feeling he'd win the oscar so that was worth watching for that but like what are your thoughts on the like is this something you would watch eric yeah so like i used to go on those runs of like and i thankfully you had (laughs) oftentimes the movies that were nominated for best picture and all that so i could borrow them from you and watch like to see what the hype was about um i think the one year i really did that was like 2016 i think with like la la land moonlight I think was Hacksaw Ridge a part of that run too. Like there's a few of those other movies, but by trade or by and large, I mean, I don't um, always love those movies personally. Like I have no interest in seeing the whale. Like I've, (laughs) I'm sure Brendan Fraser killed it, but everything I've heard and what you've just said is like, it does not sound like the kind of movie that I would enjoy. And knowing that, I don't really want to necessarily sit through something that I know going into it. And that's, I'm going to completely against what I just said about the little Yachty situation where I should give things a chance that I don't normally like. But this, I think is a little different because it's sitting through like an entire movie where I kind of know going yeah. into it, it's a downer. I don't by like rule of thumb, love those kind of movies to begin with the sadder ones. Like, I know, like, a Bassam is going to eat this up. Like, he's all in on the whale if he hasn't seen it twice already. But I think um, I'm glad to see Brendan Fraser won for it. And I do love that about the Oscars, that it raises awareness for those other movies that you wouldn't necessarily think of watching because they're not promoted the same way. Like, I've literally never seen a single trailer or promotion for the whale on TV on the internet i know of it because i follow certain outlets that have talked about it but these movies don't get that much shine in in the circles that i'm in anyways or like even mainstream i mean so all that to say like that's yeah. great about the oscars you get to see different things but i have to do a bit of digging on what i actually do want to watch and then um, i did some digging i don't want to see the whale so that's kind of my take on that where i used to be interested in that a little more but now you know not that I'm not open to seeing different things, but I, I know what I like a little more. I know I could break a movie up in a few sittings, but I don't. I don't think this is one I want to. Like from what I've heard, like it's pretty sad, and like the punches just keep coming. From what I've heard, also, like it's like one yeah. revelation after the next. Very well said, Eric. Because you know life's too short. We we will never watch all the movies that exist. Why not watch like more like thrilling and entertaining movies? Good point. Darren Aronofsky, the director, like he's done depressing movies before, like The Wrestler, Requiem for a Dream, Mother. But this is like depressing on a whole new level. Those other movies have some redeeming qualities in it. But like this one just takes the cake for like intense, like, holy shit. This is like nothing. Nothing's good here. Nothing's good. Nothing's going to happen. That's yeah, it's not going to end well. Um, But I love his movies, though, so I had to watch the... Like, I'm a completist. Like, I have to watch his whole catalog, so... Definitely not up not up there as my favorite Aronofsky films. That would be, like, Black Swan, I believe, or The Wrestler. Um, but, yeah, I don't... Uh, 
been pretty light on movies for me. I've been rewatch like I rewatched the Lord of the Rings trilogy. There was another like twelve hours <laughs> wasted on movies I've seen before, but no, it wasn't no, wasted because no. they're super thrilling. It's not wasted. <laughs> uh, no, so no, that's that's all I have to recommend today. Um, do you got anything else? No, that's it for me as well. And a couple albums, a couple movies, actually six movies. I just ripped <laughs> into one loop there, but, uh, yeah, no, I yeah. think we did a good recap too of last of us pump for the next season. And, uh, it's a lot of fun, Matt. Good to get back to it. Any final notes for the listeners? Just thank you everybody for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you enjoyed last of us like we did and that you maybe learned something you, uh, a thing or two, like we, brought something up that you didn't hadn't thought about but anyways i hope you enjoyed the episode hope you're having a great time right now and yeah hope you're excited for the end of winter like me so yeah thank you no well said matt uh thanks a lot everybody for listening stay tuned for episodes dropping every two mondays continue to stay safe love you all and yeah peace